0: Hey, hey. Welcome back to Deep Shit, everybody. It's me, Baron. You know my voice. I hope you do, because you've been listening to this podcast. It would be really strange if you've been listening to this podcast and suddenly you're like, who the hell's talking? What's happening? Who is this man? I don't know who he is, because that means that you, um, you have some sort of weird psychological problem that manifests itself in your ears. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Um... Right now, I am staring at the box set of the HBO series Rome, which I bought on Blu-ray um, maybe a year ago, just because I had heard so much about it and I wanted to check it out. And uh, it's a good show. It was a really good show. I really liked it. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Um, the first season and the second season are very different. The first season's a lot a lot more history, and then the second season is a lot more conjecture. But it's interesting because it kind of um, focuses around two characters named, um, I think, Lucius Varenus and Titus Pullo, who apparently in the journals of Julius Caesar are the only two commoners or bleebs ever mentioned by name. So I think that the guys who wrote this show got – it. I had the idea of like, well, who are those guys? Let's imagine who they are. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, my point is, is that I love those two actors. Who Ray Stevenson and uh, Kevin McKidd. Kevin McKidd, who I think is like on Grey's Anatomy now or something. And Ray Stevenson, who keeps showing up in random movies like Other Guys or Book of Eli or recently The Three Musketeers. Anyway, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Right next to that is Deadwood box set lent to me by Trevor Moore of The Whitest Kids You Know, who literally are the whitest kids that I know. And I know a lot of white kids like a lot of white kids and I still haven't watched it yet I heard it's fucking incredible so we'll see all I know is not a lot of black people on either of those shows I think Franklin Ajay is in Deadwood and if you don't know who Franklin Ajay is you need to brush up on your comedy history maybe you saw the movie Bridesmaids and uh, you know Maya Rudolph's getting married and that Maya Rudolph you did not know is a mixed race woman whose mother is Minnie Riperton and if you don't know who Minnie Riperton is Again, you got to learn some stuff. Anyway, in the movie, they do portray her having a mixed-race uh, family, or parents at least, and Franklin Ajay plays her dad, and at some ceremony, he's talking, and he's like basically doing stand-up in the movie, which I was like, Franklin Ajay! I kind of freaked out that he was in the movie. I was very happy. Anyway, speaking of comedy, today's guest is Todd Levin. Todd Levin, who is a comedy writer... By trade he uh works over at a little tv show called conan maybe you heard of it i don't know um when i did conan i was told to do to the stroking of my own ego that i might have had more writers visit me than any other guest that um any other stand-up that's been on the show and it's because i know half the staff of conan and i just know these people from like stand-up in new york and they're Fucking, they're all great. They're all great comedians. Obviously, they're funny as shit because they got hired to be writers on Conan. And it's Todd, it's Andre Dubouche it's uh, Dan Cronin, you know, uh, Rob Cutner, Jesse Popp, uh, Lori Kilmartin. Um, the list goes on and on and on. Brian Kiley, uh, I could keep going, but I I'm, 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 don't know why I'm giving a speech. Right now, (laughs) like the people I'd be thinking if I ever win that golden raspberry award I've been hearing so much about. Anyway, Todd and I sat down and we talked about age slash adulthood and um, it yielded some very interesting fruit. And uh, I think you're going to be interested in it. I could give you a little bit more info, but I think I'll just let you listen. So do it. Um, Here's Todd.
1: At, At the, first when I saw it, I thought you had a framed photograph of a fireplace resting on the wall. It's about it's as like useful. It's on the floor. It is it's about it. as, as useful as kind of that. Because that's the place is sort of set up that way. I'm like, it could have just been a framed thing. You're yep. living a little bit like an assassin. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a lot of stuff on the walls. Assassin. Anything, well, you except know, with a Lego obsession.
0: Well, I have these Legos. I have yeah. some pictures of my sisters and these paintings right behind you. Um, yeah. I'm, I've lived very sparsely. That's a good idea. My whole life. And... I've always lived in apartments I was somebody, right? So this is mm. the first place I've ever lived by myself. And I decided to um, invest in a space, mm-hmm. which is something I've never done. I've right, never right, unpacked, right. as you can see, these boxes. These boxes <laughs> weren't there when I first got here, though. These came a year later. Okay, okay. They're boxes I left in, in New York that that Benari Poulton yeah. put in his place in upstate New York, and then I got them from him. So... I decided, you know what, I'm going to decorate, I'm going to buy furniture, I'm going to invest in a bed I'll have for a decade, Mm -hmm. and it's a very different standard because the last two days have been all about me cleaning, Mm -hmm. even though I haven't done it, but I have learned that I love to clean. Really? I like to scrub something, yeah, and do. see the dirt get off of it, and be like, ah, th- I did that. Now the yeah. shower is clean. Like, there's a lot of scrubbing I need to do, some mopping, but it, there's a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I, I assume the same that you would feel if you made yourself a delicious meal. That, like, ah, I did that, <laughs> and now I'm enjoying the
1: spoils
0: of yeah, my yeah. effort.
1: Yeah, you can walk around your clean place. I, I yes, I love. I don't love cleaning, but I love being in a clean place. And I will, and I don't mind scrubbing. I like doing dishes, I like doing stuff like that. Dishes can be very therapeutic. I don't like to sweep because I don't think I'm very good at it. Oh, do you sweep mean, onto your shoes? I feel like I, I don't catch it all. You know what I mean? I always am chasing it around with the. Uh, That's the, what
0: dustbusters are for. Yeah, those aren't. They're not very powerful, though. Depends on which kind you have. It's
1: true. <laughs> You've got the XL model. I got the uh, yeah.
0: You know what? You know what? I wish I had. Um, there's a part of me that wishes I could afford all of Dyson's. The uh, super vacuum? The, the vacuum. Because the, the, speaking the of the fireplace, dryer. have you heard about the Dawson, the, the Dawson? Have you heard about Dawson's Creek? <laughs> have you heard about the Dyson Hot? No. It's called the Hot. It's a, it's a room heater, it's a space heater. Oh, like a space heater, okay. Because I read about it in Popular Science because uh, space heaters cause so many fires, lots of fires lots of accidents with space heaters mm-hmm. but the dyson hot works in a way that it doesn't you, it, the circuitry doesn't is not like a space heater so it's not it's not uh um, vulnerable to that happening and it also apparently heats a room so quickly and it's a very small device like five hundred dollars guy's such a genius he's and he knows it that's why he yeah. always says in the end of his uh commercials it's incredible
1: yeah, he's always like he's so good luck doing better than this. Even, he's the, he's and there, Steve and Jobs of vacuums. And it's always like in stuff that's like inside out. It's like you thought you know, you thought fans were supposed to look like this, but now it's just a hole. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> that's what that's the Dyson Hot looks like. It's just a hole that
0: multiplies so cra- the air. He's so crazy. He's crazy, Man, but genius. He, he's doing it. Yeah. Speaking of organization, oh, oh shit. I went off the cliff on this segue. Um Good pause. Um, when we talked yesterday, briefly about what it is you wanted to to talk about, which we're is kinda... your show
1: being sponsored by empty recyclable bottles. Yes. Okay.
0: My <laughs> show is being sponsored by um, empty bottles of Mexican Coke <laughs> Some recycling and recycling plant <laughs> and two sips of uh, Smart Water left in a two liter uh, mm. or one quart. I'm sorry, one point five liter <laughs> bottle. I don't know why I was specific, specific to about the numbers, but uh, no. When we talked yesterday, because we're kind of already going into this mm-hmm. a little
1: bit naturally. Well, when you start talking about being living sparsely, mm-hmm. that's something. It's funny, like the and and the idea of like, oh, I'm going to get a bed that I can live in, I can sleep in for ten years. Mm-hmm. When I that to me was like the very first signifier of being an adult. Mm-hmm. Like when I moved to New York. I had moved from this shitty apartment. I was living upstate with my girlfriend, and we broke oh, up. part
0: of upstate? Albany. Oh, yeah, 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 Albany, right, Yeah, of like course. Living
1: in this apartment downtown, and we were sleeping on, not only were we sleeping on a futon, we were sleeping on a broken futon. Like <laughs> One of the slats was cracked, and we had it propped up with an encyclopedia or something like that, like some thick book thinking or like it's like a Norton anthology of literature that's probably like a what, wobbly table at a restaurant yeah yeah, yeah. Except you but, we, on it. but it was underneath my spine yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, exactly. but it, so it was terrible and when I moved to New York that was my first thing I was like I'm getting a, a grown-up bed like a real mm-hmm. my first bed and that was a really big deal for me what kind of bed did you get oh well the, how I got a bed is actually a really crazy story because I was I didn't know anything about like how to get a bed you know like where oh by grow. the way first our topic is age AIDS. That's what, age. Oh. <laughs> age. Oh, <laughs> yeah, AIDS. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's the age of AIDS. That's much, that's much more No, that's what we're talking yeah.
0: about. Age, the adulthood, responsibility, and what the hell all that means. Yes, yes. <laughs> Go back to your story.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> I, uh, I decided to reservoir I, dogs at. Thank you, thank show you. Show a different part and come back, or um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Dice it, it. it. up. Uh, yeah, so, so I was at Macy's in New York, Herald Square, and I, I was there with a friend of mine, and we were just trying out beds. And as we were leaving, the, I was like, after we left the department, thinking like, okay, well, we tried some beds. I'll go, you know, figure out. I'll go other places and try beds there. I, don't, I didn't know how to shop for it. So as we were leaving the department, this guy stops us at the elevator. And he's like, uh, I'm a producer for the Today Show. And did you guys buy a bed? I'm like, no. He's like, well, you guys, are you guys together? He thought we were a couple. And we said we weren't. Because it's we were in New York. Friends. It's very trendy. Yeah, because it, was, no, it was, a lady. I was with a lady. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, oh you were with a lady. Okay, yeah, that's you, a young I thought, lady. I assumed a male friend. No, no, no. It was my my, my friend Lisa, and uh, and he said, "I'm producing a story about how difficult it is to buy beds in in New York. How it's just a, a racket." And I was wondering if you would be the human interest angle in the story.
0: What?
1: I swear to God. And this is. I had been in New York for only like a maybe a couple of months at and already point. some tv credits. credits and that was <laughs> my, my first and last uh no, and no it wasn't continue he yeah so so he ended up like meeting us at the sleepies which was like the, a bedding store yeah sleep right on the upper web, west side of your life. and we spent three hours there with a camera crew and a sound crew and a guy who worked at sleepies trying out beds it was crazy and then I got the bed and this, oh, and I got like a really great deal on it. I think, I guess it was like a Sealy or one of those, or I don't know. A higher brand. Bed. It was a higher brand. It was a fancy one with like a pillow top and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got a really good deal on it because they knew that it was going to be on TV. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he bought the bed at this sleepy. So right. they get, they cut me an awesome deal on the bed. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't even an awesome deal, but to me it was an awesome deal. And yeah. And then, and then they came to my, this is the best part. They came to my apartment Because it was like this sort of epilogue of the story. And then here's Todd in his new bed. And he bought (laughs) this bed. And my apartment was so shitty. (laughs) Like I was living, I was basically living in like a tenement. Um, Like, I was like a border. In Brooklyn? Yeah, I was in Brooklyn. It was in Park Slope. But it was just, I had this, it was just a room. I shared a kitchen and a bathroom with a total stranger. We each had a key to this outer door, and you'd walk into the apartment. We, we, we each had this key. You'd walk in, and there's a tiny little kitchen with a half a stove and a bathroom we'd share. And then we had our own separate keys to two doors beyond that. that and were those were bedrooms. our bedrooms. Those were our bedrooms. Yeah, there's no shared space. I lived in a room that was 10 by 15. That was my whole apartment. Very New York. Yeah. How and big was the bed? It was a queen size bed, It filled like the oh my whole place. God. But it didn't matter because all I had besides that was a chair. <laughs> like <laughs> my computer table was just the boxes that my computer came in, and I had this bed that just occupied the whole room. And then there's just my sheets didn't even fit it because I had sheets from like a twin size bed didn't or something. Didn't even get new sheets. Okay. Yeah. So when the when the Today Show crew came in to film my <laughs> apartment, the guy, the the DP, was just like, "There's nothing. We can't do this." We can't. <laughs> They were, like, they were trying to find a shot that was tight enough so it didn't reveal that I was living in squalor. <laughs> and then finally, he's like, we have to go outside. <laughs> like, so they ended up shooting me the, like, the denouement of this thing with me just standing outside of my apartment building. And like, yep, bed's up there. You know, <laughs> it's in the apartment. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a fantastic story. Yeah, but that was how I got my first bed. I and, that, and I love the idea that that was like I'm I'm a grown up now. Yeah, but I had and one DP chair. Is like, no, you're not. No, not at all.
0: <laughs> it always takes a director of photography yeah, yeah. to <laughs> to
1: make you know that you have
0: not accomplished. Your apartment anything. is too
1: disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did he have an accent? <laughs> no, I just gave him one.
0: Oh, okay. He sounds a little Russian, Eastern Eastern blocky. I guess when you think of a DP, they my landlords
1: have. were the my the people the supers around my building who turned out to be horrible slum lords, um, and they had a really bad reputation. There was this t- they were this tiny Ukrainian couple, this mm. evil. <laughs> Evil little U- Ukrainian midgets, and uh, a lot of, lot of narrow stares people. at you. Were yeah. they were they actually little people? No, they were that size though. Oh. They were like they, they were both very like hunched over. They, they you know, oh, Eastern so Europeans tend to they really had, shrink.
0: They, they shrank because of their yeah, anger really, and rage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Calcified <laughs>
1: and just <laughs> by the, they actually <laughs> drained the their liquids out of them. Yes, yeah. it did. they were just like, <laughs> it like compacted their spines just like prunes of humans. They are awful. Continue. Yeah. Oh, and they, yeah, they never would fix anything. And then, if you'd say, can you fix this thing? Like, at one point, our shower wasn't working for weeks. So I didn't get to shower for weeks. And I would tell my landlord, you know, I told or the Gloria, who's a super, that it uh, wasn't working. And she just started crying. So this, that's what your super. Did. Yeah. She just cried. Good she response. Was like, Do you know how expensive it is to fix? Like, she was just making me feel terrible that it would cost her money to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay, well, two things, two
0: responses. One Liz Winstead, you know Liz Winstead. Yeah, yeah. Um co creator of the Daily Show. She when she lived in LA, she told me about like she's she's taken landlords to court mm-hmm. because no one ever takes landlords to court. No, no. They always they, feel helpless. They, they they people feel helpless and the landlords kind of some landlords and supers, if they're not reputable, will will use that as yes. a as
1: leverage. They know that people just leave.
0: They know people will just leave or just not complain and just deal with it. Mm-hmm. But she had a place in, in um here in LA where she went something about there was asbestos in her apartment or on the heater, mm-hmm. and she said to the landlord, "Hey, there's asbestos on my heater," and he was like, "So whatevs?" Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "Ah, uh, no, that's not appropriate." So she took him into court, and what ended up happening, she told me the story was that the landlord's girlfriend ended up sinking the the the, uh, the case because she was supposed to come and be like. It's not a big deal But what she said Is like There's asbestos In every apartment That he owns What's the big deal And the judge was like Hmm (laughs) You clean up all of that
1: Yeah In in every apartment
0: In every single apartment That is uh, unacceptable That's the first part of the story Which is the response To your landlord The second part is My bed Right Ironically Macy's I got a Macy's memory foam bed Uh I was all about memory foam Because I've heard Everything about it Right Yeah 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 So I What I ended up doing Is I signed up for A year long Membership to ConsumerReports.com Wait a
1: second. Now you read Popular Science yeah. and Consumer Reports. I'm a man of the world. It's like
0: what can I say? I got a halo of knowledge. I was like,
1: when you said that you read something in Popular Science, I was like, Were you getting a, a mole removed? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you find a Popular Science?
0: I have a I have a subscription to Popular Science. Impressive. Okay,
1: Jesus, creases. Right to so Consumer Reports. Consumer Reports for beds
0: for beds, which they said is the number one thing. That they have inquiries about. It is Memory foam. No, well, just beds. Oh, beds, beds. Just beds in general.
1: Well, it's the is... number one thing that people are confounded by. Do you know why? Go ahead. Because the mattress companies, this is what I learned from this Today Show thing. Mm-hmm. The mattress companies have deals with individual stores and department stores. Yes. So the same, you can't comparison shop for mattresses because like the Sealy 5000 will be called that at one store. And another store, the exact same mattress will be called like the Sealy Excelsior.
0: Right. And then it'll be more expensive.
1: Exactly. And they can, Wildly just, they can change their prices. And it's the same exact mattress. They all look the same, so nobody knows. But they just give them different model names depending on the store that they're uh, well, selling them to.
0: And then also what they'll do is there's, they'll take old mattresses. And try to pawn them off as new. That's like the biggest really? scam. That's the biggest scam that they'll do. Old like
1: used or old like old U- models.
0: Used, well, both. Ooh. Sometimes like old like used mattresses. Like you know, because somebody will um, have a mattress for a month and then return it and be like, I don't like this mattress. Oh, I see, I see. And then they'll use that. They'll try to, put, to to use. They won't say that it's been slept on. Mm-hmm, that you know, some people have there was comments I'd seen for people who had bought mattresses that they were told were new, but there's there's obviously the lump of whoever. Like the dip of whoever owned the mattress before, it's like they they owned it long enough for there to be a body imprint in the mattress, and I could tell when I was turning over, and I was like, ah, uh, this is unacceptable. I'm Like, what are you talking there about? It's a man. It's in my the Excelsior. That's yeah. how they all come with a dip. It's a custom
1: dip. It's a custom dip.
0: It'll it'll adjust to you. It'll be it'll be a dip to it's you. It's a Celia concave. Well, and then there's that, and then also the the biggest thing is, <clears throat> as I noticed with my mattress, because the guy at the store was actually like. Memory phone He's like the density Will be different Depending on the temperature Of your room Because it was firmer At the store And when I got it here It's softer Because the store Is cooler than my room He's like that That's, he's like, that's the biggest thing With memory phones So when, if you take this Don't be surprised If it's not as firm As it is now right. And you have a month To return it If that's what you're thinking But I was like No I'll keep it I ended up keeping it But um, the biggest thing And it's kind of like a, I'm thinking of like A taste test thing I guess that Malcolm Gladwell Had said about Pepsi and Coke Right Pepsi always wins a taste test because Pepsi is sweeter, mm-hmm. but the experience of uh, but a taste test is a sip, and the experience of a whole can is completely different than a sip. Yes, that's so true. people prefer a Coke and the whole can, and the Pepsi's too sweet. A mattress, all you can do is lay on it for
1: five minutes. Right, you have no idea what it feels like to sleep on a mattress when you're You, you
0: can't sit in the store for eight hours and be like, hmm, how did that affect my back? How's that going to affect my back ten years down the line? It's something that's impossible
1: to know. They should have sleep rooms. Just like in hi fi stereo shops, like you know, like those really nice that home is a entertainment good idea. stores. Yeah. They have those rooms you can seal off and get the home entertainment experience with, like a couch and it has a proper distance and stuff. You can and have you can you can have DVD. like a romantic
0: argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> see, yeah. see how that's but
1: going. you like bring your like you know, your Led Zeppelin album or your weird like primus thing so you can hear all the shitty bass notes. And <laughs> you should have the same thing, like a dark a totally dark room you can just try out beds.
0: If you're listening bed companies, Todd Levin has solved most of your problems.
1: The topic of this podcast: mattresses. It's mattresses now, it's but shifted from age to mattresses. But, but mattresses this is a big shit, thing man.
0: If you, because, that has been my biggest thing this year for myself. Because you, you had mentioned it, and I guess for me, you know, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm younger than you. I don't know. You are. Um, I know I am. I'm just messing around, but uh, clearly, clearly, oh, Katie, look at us. Come on, come on. I'm well preserved. <laughs> Exactly you look like a bottle of preserves <laughs> Um peach cobbler preserves Um but it's all Been about like I because I keep traveling a lot And I've gone to New York a couple times and I, I had This moment where I'm like I can't That's it no more sleeping on people's couches mm-hmm. I'm like I'm 30 yeah I'm Going to stay in a hotel Or or find some sort of one Night rental or that's it Like I just can't sit on people's couches Yeah and sleep on them anymore unless it's my Parents which is what I do which is what my back hurts right now Um But I have been thinking about, like, that's why I bought a bed. That's why I'm trying to set up a space. That's why I'm trying to keep it clean. Thinking about, well, what does that mean that I'm older or that I'm an adult?
1: Right. Well, it's funny how you think about these really strange, usually I think often, like, kind of consumer-oriented milestones as, like, that's what adults do. Mm-hmm, an mm-hmm. adult sleeps on a bed. An adult, when he visits another city, he stays in a hotel and right, ho- on right. people's couches. That's kind of where I am right now. My, my wife is, Lisa is like very, very frugal. She has this idea that you just, why spend money at a hotel when you can stay with friends? That's, yeah. And, you know.
0: If your friend's like, i got lucked out. I've, I've found a few friends that are like, I have a guest room. Right. Which is like, oh, you're an adult. <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. An adult has a guest room. Yeah, you have your own now own, when I go to San Francisco. Your hotel room in your house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Except year will make me a smoothie We'll have a conversation in the morning Yeah Um, So yeah So just in the general Because you you had mentioned something yesterday When we were talking on the phone About that your What your
1: The age Adulthood thing That you're comparing yourself to Yeah It's it's a dated model Mm -hmm. You know like I, I think Extrapolate Yeah well I think that the the stuff that I get hung up on all the time, like God, I'm just not enough of a grown up, or I'm not doing the right thing. Because like right now, I'm looking for a car, you know, another consumer thing. Yes, exactly. And I'm, and there's part of me that's like, do I need to be driving a sedan? <laughs> like like that word pops in my head. Like, do I have to drive a sedan now? I'm I'm a grown man. I should drive a sedan. That's what men do, right? <laughs> right. And uh, you know, and it's it's a lot of my ideas about adulthood are kind of informed by my parents' generation Mm -hmm. and not my own generation because it's being an adult looked very, very different to my parents' generation. Yeah. And the the thing I was telling you on the phone is that like the thing I'm coming to realize now is that adults, contemporary adults are basically just tall children. That's it. Yeah. We're just tall children and, and you don't have, like there are no rules. Everybody just kind of does what they want. You know, there's no like compromising in that way. It's not like, well, I'm, you know, 30 years old i you know i'll work for this corporation until i'm dead and i will drive a sedan and you know i'll have a or I'll have a minivan and it's instead it's like no i'm gonna i'm 40 i'm gonna stay up playing video games till three in the morning and
0: yeah because you can wear but,
1: pajamas to work and like, but it it's is so different
0: i mean it's like because finnegan has that joke that we're going to be the first generation of elderly people who played video games yeah we've yeah, had yeah. it our Ooh. entire lives yeah and our 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 parents did not have and that's uh, and it's interesting that it is um, wrapped around consumerism almost that it's like entirely we, we have been inundated with images of our of our for our entire lives of when you're an adult it means you'll have these things yes and they will be in order
1: and what's weird is when you watch commercials now the adults in the commercials still act like I think the adults of my parents generation yeah. and and because
0: and for me because i did so many commercials in new york i see people i know in these commercials Mm -hmm. that are young mom and i'm like that is not who she is right on the exterior you're like yeah yeah she would be a young mom if she lived not in new york right right. in new york i know she's got like five boyfriends
1: yeah and she stays out to three in the morning drinking every single night because she just got a commercial right right but even if she were a young mom in new york she might not be that kind of young mom you know it's sort of like there's a very kind of sanitized model that you get especially from commercials of like what adulthood looks like right you know and maybe it, you know i'm sure it holds Well, what do you think that somewhere. is you're somebody who worked in the ad world why why is that yeah. because i think it's it's the no not
0: why but oh well why but i what? think it's
1: because it's the, the most simple image i think a- advertising is a and is the the creative bar is set very low in advertising, okay, um, I think you can. There is still great work done in advertising. There's still really interesting creative work, but I think in general the creative bar is set lower than it is in other kinds of uh, forms of communication. I guess, but it because it appeals to
0: come with. Uh, you can feel free to disagree with me on this, but it appeals to a sense of being confirmed. That, like, if you if you get this thing, then you will be the thing that you're trying to be.
1: Sure, sure, right. Just like they're saying, you know, hey. I mean, they're they're also appealing to like pe- people like you and me, maybe by saying like, "Hey, let the squares have that car." You know what I mean? Right. The like right. cool guys will have this car. Like, we don't give a fuck. You know, like this. Like, I remember that whole. There was like, was it for Suzuki or Subaru? Where the whole thing about like the car being punk rock. This is like mm-hmm. in the '90s. It was an ad campaign where the shitty kid. <laughs> I, it might have been Jeremy Davies, actually. Really? Yeah, it Ooh, might have been Jeremy Davies. Okay, and I don't blame him. You know, it was just work. No, it's commercial. But yeah, I don't know if it was him, but it might have been him. But he was just he was comparing the car to punk rock, and it's kind of like and that's it was a I, Subaru or Suzuki. I car? I feel like it was like a Subaru or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that's what advertising would have you believe. That's what Kia Soul is now.
0: Have you seen those commercials with the hamsters? Yeah, it's there's and rough. you know what? I was almost fooled. But fooling almost, to what? Thinking like, well, almost, this is good enough for a hamster. I, I almost bought a car based on the car's ability to interface with my iPod.
1: Oh, yeah. Absurd.
0: That's the whole... It's yeah. like, you could, you could put your iPod here or put your iPod there.
1: Well, I I was... Like, as I've been looking for cars, like, a lot of the kind of, like, younger, sportier cars, whatever, you know, cars like the Kia Soul, I guess. and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um The sci- Scions. Yeah, they'll have, box. like... Their big thing is, like, you can text friends from your car, and you can use Twitter from your car. I'm like that's fucking crazy. That's not. That's not <laughs> helpful. I'm supposed to be driving. not a good feature. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's a movie screen in your steering wheel. Like it's a terrible feature. Yeah, someone that's was telling
0: it. me because you know the Priuses have that rear view um, mirror. Some Priuses have that. Uh, that oh, with little the camera. Video. Yeah, yeah, the camera and the rear view, and it shows you like your engine. Uh, like what your what, Gas versus electric Oh, oh that Sometimes thing It's like a cool screen Someone was telling me That they had They had rigged it To play YouTube videos Oh that's ridiculous And I was like Why They're like Well you know Some 'm a stoplight Then I can just uh, Check out what cats Are doing with keyboards These days You're driving Yeah and I'm like You are driving <laughs> That sounds like The
1: worst thing In the world I remember an episode Of Pimp My Ride <laughs> the, the MTV show With Exhibit Was he the host Exhibit, Exhibit was the host Yes They Pimped someone's ride. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. That's right. He Actor, was in that. Exhibit, exhibit. Was the host. What was his. What, was it. i bet when he was in that, his name was. It was like Lawrence Exhibit Russell. And that's absolutely like, right. Like I don't remember what his real name yeah. is. I'll look it up. But continue I love when story. They do that. Chris Ludacris. Um, <laughs> Wallace. <laughs> Wallace, yeah. I think. No, <laughs> that's. You you're out. thinking of Biggie Smalls. Yeah, it's Chris Christopher Wallace.
0: Wallace. Holy crap. Yeah, you're right. That's Biggie. But as you were saying, so um, I'm going to look up. I'm going to look Okay.
1: So. What was I saying? Hold on. Oh, my God. Oh, he pimped my ride. They they pimped this guy's ride so that he had an Xbox in his trunk with a screen. He was like, so now every time you stop, you can just pop your trunk and play Xbox. I'm like, what kind of fucking idiot is going to do that? Like, go home. That's a, that, Like, unless you live in your car, that's a terrible, again, a terrible feature. It, it It is, and it's like, I mean, I guess they're saying, like, if you pull
0: into some place where you're going to park, like a parking lot or, you know, the tailgate party.
1: But it makes it sound like they mean at stoplights. But then it's like, and also now you can't use your trunk for anything but playing Xbox because <laughs> your trunk is filled with an Xbox and a TV screen. It's going to suck getting in the airport with all that luggage. Yeah, exactly. But maybe you just play a game about the airport <laughs> yeah,
0: <exactly. laughs> instead of actually going where you want to go. I'll look up exhibit later. Okay. Because uh, I can't find it and I want to listen to you. <laughs> you know, mm. be present with the person I'm with. Thank perhaps. you.
1: So yeah what? so I've been obsessed about all this stuff yeah. about, and what kind not, of, not just about like you know oh what do I own and you know that, like all that kind of shallow stuff, but like i you know the thing that's been making me crazy lately yeah. is
0: that's what I was going to ask
1: okay. there was a story I think earlier this week about this uh comedy an older comedy writer who killed himself what you, he was like an older comedy writer slash producer I think he was more of a producer guy do you remember the name Joe well, or something like that it was a it was it was a story that was kind of going around because he had left a, a very long kind of blog post the night before he killed himself that really kind of summed up you know all of his regrets in his life all the things he's proud of and it it basically was the he was basically his suicide note yeah but also his curriculum vitae like it was a very strange kind of thing hmm. and he was uh i think he was a guy who was looked like he was maybe in his 60s or something
0: oh wow that's and, so late to kill yourself
1: yeah, it's late. It's late, but uh, it's late in the game. There are a lot of things about. I mean, there are a lot of things about that were were depressing for ver- various reasons. But one of the things that was interesting in that that some of the stories covering it brought up was just how, in his blog post about all of his regrets and all of his struggles, so much of it is about kind of getting to a certain age and just not being able to put anything together in this business. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden people are just like, nah, I don't, we'd like to hear ideas from somebody who's 20 years younger. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And I freak out about that constantly because I think that it's like professional athletes, stuntmen, and comedy writers are like the professions where you kind of, your viability, you know, is is so much greater when you're younger. And, you know, and, and, and it's a very early retirement age for those kinds of things.
0: Here's a theory on it. I was asked recently what comedies I like on television. Mm -hmm. Scripted comedies. And I don't like any of them. None. I like Louie. Okay. Uh, Mainly because it has a depth and a sadness Mm -hmm. that is not the M.O. of American style comedy, generally. Right. Greg Daniels said that about The Office. He mm-hmm. said, "What we did is we removed the sadness." Mm-hmm. That's what he said. I never got to see Men of a Certain Age, which I heard had, had some that, of that sadness. Had some of that sadness, and I was interested in it. Yeah, uh, and I'll probably watch the DVDs after the fact and appreciate it instead of watching it when it was on, so it could remain to be on like an ass, mm-hmm. like most people do.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but Enlightened has that sadness, by the way. Oh, really? You've ever seen that? Oh boy, I want to yeah. watch that. Then yeah, I've, I've been wanting to watch that to because watch. I
0: like Mike White. I like what he. I like Me too. the stuff that he does. Uh, because there's dimension to it. Um, and that's what it is that I feel like is missing from a lot of comedies. I mean, there's a lot of comedies I love. Like, I love 30 Rock, you know. And
1: are you equating that sadness as coming with age? I'm
0: equating that sadness yes. as coming
1: with age. Yeah.
0: Because comedy is seen as the young guy's game. Because people who are young like to laugh. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily know how to laugh at things with depth. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that are very common yeah. A lot of the time, as sometimes they say in improv, commit don't comment. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, or we used to say in theater school. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to toot my own <laughs> wow. horn. It was me. You actually horn. pulled out a horn. I and tooted, tooted it. it. I tooted yeah. my own horn. Let me put that away. <laughs> you should clean um, the reed. This is great. Foley artists <laughs> for artistry here right now. I um, said what? Clean the reed. Clean the reed. Yeah, <laughs> I will work out my armature muscles. Um, so. I guess the thing is that, like, I feel like most American comedy—you know, at least the most mainstream, popular stuff—lacks depth because it lacks sadness. Mm-hmm. It lacks, and 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 with Greg Daniels saying that thing about The Office, we all we did was take away the sadness. And I can't speak for the American Office because I never really watched it because I love the British version so much. Right. Um, and I'm like, if that awkwardness isn't gonna be there, then I'm not gonna be that invested in it. I love Curb, also. Which has an element of the sadness and neurosis and he's almost, he's verging on being a sociopath most of the time. Um, And I go with, and I hated it. I hated Curb until one day, literally, like a switch in my head. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not him. I I was empathizing so much. Oh, is that why you didn't like it? It was so, I I felt so uncomfortable and the feeling, the discomfort is what made me think I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Which is most people, people don't like to feel anything but great all the time so when you feel oh that doesn't make me feel good i hate it then yeah I was like well maybe the point of it is to shock you or to provoke you in a way and curb did that for me comedically and that's when it snapped in my head that suddenly it was the funniest thing on television to me mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god wait i'm not him right right
1: that's <laughs> weird because i like i feel like the stuff the stuff that makes me like curb is is my empathy for him yeah, yeah, in my understanding, that like, oh, but you would never do that, and that's you know? what, that's what I am saying. Would, that's what clicked. Certainly, for me. you would think that, but you would never say that, you know. And that's what clicked for me was that, like, yeah. oh, he he's it's a version,
0: you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's literally going through what's the worst possible thing I could
1: do or say in this situation,
0: right? And he's spinning this web of here is the worst possible outcome. But you.
1: it's not just the worst; it's the wor- Yeah, it's it's the worst way to deal with an issue that you may actually be correct on. You know, he's almost like, I feel like he's like a, a sort of social sheriff, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And which I thought Seinfeld was about that too. It was about people with like, it was always about kind of social rules. Right. And these people with these set of absolute social rules that were above the real rules of society, you know, that the right, rules that everybody right. else followed, and they were so certain of these rules, they were so certain of them, and all the kind of conflict came from them trying to assert these rules and other people going, No, 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 it should you be know? this way, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, but but also having that the empathy comes from the 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 the, the need of, to be accepted, yeah, because it's like, Well, how do I get the thing I want to be accepted by that person And you at the same time How do I make those two things go together right? Yep. So I guess in my opinion A lot of comedies lack this The, the depth They feel like the, the human aspect of it The thing that you're supposed to hang your hat on Feels forced to me most of the time mm-hmm. And But That's okay for people That's the thing Because I think the younger Because younger generations Younger generations Younger people Don't know how to empathize they don't have a sense of self they don't have a sense of that's why it was it's been hard for me or it's harder for me to do colleges now cuz I, I i i don't know how to perform for people that don't pay their own bills right it's like if you've never yeah. paid your own bills and you don't know how the world works you don't think about what your position in it might be yeah and how things work around it so i guess in my opinion in general and i'm making a big generalization of my of myself in in comedy it A lot of it lacks – the because, because the British office is – it has this feeling of I work at this shitty job in this shitty town. The end, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. I mm. go here. I go to the pub, and it's going to be shit. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of the British culture. You know what? You're not going to amount to much. Right. No reason to try.
1: But America, we're like, it's going to work out. Right, we're gonna win the lottery and I'll be famous. Right, and so much of the, uh, the American office is like, am I gonna get that big position? Am I gonna get that big raise? Like, you know, am I gonna get a bonus? And the characters are, you know, constantly striving for like love and for, you know, d- trying Accept to achieve it. something better. Yeah, but, but I guess back back to the my original point, it's just the I the I freak out a lot because I, I work on a lot. I work on the Warner Brothers lot, right. and I look around and I'm always like. You know, if I see, like, a guy in his 50s, I'm like, does he he have it together still? Is he doing all right? (laughs) Is everything going to be all right? That's why I, I, like, maybe I'm crazy and I'm wrong, but I do have this worry that I have this small window Mm. in which I can, like, find all of my sort of success as a comedy writer. And maybe it's bigger than I think it is, Mm -hmm. but it's not that much bigger than I think it is. And Mm. I worry that, you know, as I'm kind of adjusting to my lifestyle and, you know, like I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty happy and I'm fairly comfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I have like a, a staff position of like a pretty cool job. And, but like, will that go away in 10 years? Like 10 years, is it all done? Like, I don't know. That's what I worry about. So when I read, when I heard about this guy's suicide and it's a very sort of self-absorbed thing to do, but I started, you know, I, I, I became obsessed with all the kind of his complaints about how, you know, at his age, nobody wanted to hear his pitches anymore, you know, or at his age, nobody cared about his ideas anymore. And yeah. he's like, I can put together a show. I can run a show. It was almost like this kind of screaming, you know, right. uh, like desperation in this, this suicide note.
0: I guess what I was trying to say earlier about the, the shows lack depth mm-hmm. the comedy lacks depth is that I think once you have insight in your life and depth and dimension, you can't think of comedy in any other way. It, yeah. it ceases to be just surface pleasantries. Yeah, It has to connect to something that you feel is real. Yeah, And young people don't respond to that, which is why I'm thinking, I guess I was trying to put together that mm-hmm. maybe when you get older, it's harder to appeal to a young audience yeah. because your comedy... Intrinsically has depth and dimension and insight
1: Yeah, it's coming from a completely different place it, Yeah, it's, like it's coming from coming a completely from different like place a, f- your, a fear of your own mortality <laughs> It's like a fear of decay And the like, more that you feel yeah, that yeah. The more it'll probably be in you What
0: you're trying to, to produce and to make Oh, yeah Okay, but continue with the, what you're saying about this No, that's
1: a, good, that's a good point Well, no, that, just just that Like that Like it It freaked me out a little bit, you know It freaked me out And I know that there, you know it, This is a very dumb business like entertainment is a very dumb business and and it is it's just a very shallow business it's so dumb and gamora (laughs) and i you know and yet i love the shit that this dumb business produces like i love it and and i'm in in a lot of ways i'm very happy to be in it because it's like you know i get to make big dumb stuff and never really grow up and that's one of the few
0: Um, another another show that i watch that i I actually watch
1: um but but you know but i know i also know that you know Oh God, I remember hearing this story. Somebody was telling me that they'd heard that sometimes these like older producers, guys who used to be showrunners or mm-hmm. used to, you know, be comedy writers or producers, now they will use like a young proxy to pitch ideas. Like yeah. they'll find some like young, handsome person or some young attractive lady totally and they'll have makes them sense. go in and pitch and they'll cut a deal with them to like split them you know, the proceeds just so they can keep working, but you know they're, they're just not They're not the ones That are taking these meetings They're not the ones That have their names On the credits anymore Right They're just like Well I remember ugh. Remember uh, You know Moshe Kasher Right I don't know him I mean I know his name But I I don't actually know him
0: uh, I think you would like him Jewish fella right? Yes he's a Jewish, okay. fe- Ju- Jewish fella mm-hmm. um, But he I ran into him Once at Comedy Central Here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. I was pitching a, a cartoon Animated show That I had written um, and he was coming out of his pitch, him uh-huh. and Chris Delia, who was now on um Whitney, okay they had written a show together uh-huh. and he was i he was coming out of the pitch, and I was going in mm-hmm. and I pitched my show, which um is a show I love that no one will ever make okay um just because it 's so high concept mm-hmm. and um i and I know everything that has to happen, uh-huh. and I think people I feel like people get pissed that I have a question. I have an answer for every single question I've been asked because it takes place in this world that I have really thought about,
1: right? A lot, and like, I like—I thought that was what I'm supposed to do. And you're saying that people want to punch holes in it, punch as, holes in it because it's so conceptual, and and but but be a part of it creatively.
0: Mm-hmm. They want to be able to give me notes. I see, and they and maybe I'm theorizing. They feel turned off by the fact that I've already created this world that they're like, hmm, okay, yeah. Anyway, the point is. I ran into Moshe somewhere maybe a month later and he's like they were developing his pitch. He's like they're going to, you know, help us out. And he he thought the reason was because they had this other writer with them who was someone who's been around for a long time that is seasoned and is a trusted name. He's like he didn't really do a lot, you know, with the creative process. He's like me and Chris pretty much did all of the heavy mm-hmm. lifting, but because this guy is known and trusted, they let us do it. Right, which sounds like it—it's in the same—it's in the same vein of what you're talking about because they're the young guys. Because that's, that's what it seems like. We want someone who's new and young, but
1: with 15 years of experience. Right, but they need to come in with a chaperone. They need to come in with a yeah, chaperone. Yeah.
0: So it's like either you're—you've been around for too long, or you haven't been around long enough. Right. Like they want—they want both at the same time. They want yeah. the young, fresh voice. They want the fresh voices, but they're terrified that they
1: can't pull the show off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's why Adult Swim has kind of done something so wise with the 15-minute format.
1: Right, it because it's a low, like, it's a lower risk. You know, they can just do crazy shit, and it's only a fifteen minute format. And they can, you know, they can sort of, yeah, they, they don't have to.
0: They can go crazy. They don't with have it. to say no as much. Exactly, exactly. Well, okay, so let's bring it back. Okay, to you struggling with your adulthood <laughs> <laughs> or your age. We what are so? But you're talking should about I buy an Audi. What uh, are some of really what I want to know? Do, do, no. Is that what you're thinking about? I have
1: one. You do? <laughs> I do. I'm leasing it. Oh yeah, I well, my my wife's like, don't lease, don't lease a car again because I, I did. Matt last Bronger time. talked me into leasing. And what was his argument for leasing? Oh God, we shouldn't be talking about this on your podcast. It's not? So boring. Matt,
0: Matt Bronger, he talked me into it. He basically said, like, I don't know. He made some metaphor to it's like a cell phone, and you pay for a certain amount of minutes, except they're miles. And and he's like, but I guess he liked the aspect of in two or three years. I can walk away from this car and get the newest model right and he he saw it like a cell phone plan or like having a computer where it's like it's going to be outdated in three years. You might as well go up to the next model,
1: yeah, that was his argument. that's always my thing. It's just like, well what what if I just want to walk away? like I get terrified at the thought of committing to a like a buying vehicle. a car, yeah, yeah, like that could be years and years of dissatisfaction <laughs> it could be and with with at least, I know it's only three years. Of relative dissatisfaction because it's a new car, and you know, it's dating versus marriage
0: in a sort of a way. You want to marry this car and that's your car, I know. Or do you want to just see this car for a couple
1: years and then, after your, you know, you know what car we've had some good times. And and the thing is, like, ultimately, who cares? Like the question of (laughs) really the question of care though. Oh, of course I care. I'm because I'm terribly shallow. Um, But (laughs) the question of like, is this car me? Like I like I. I, I made this joke once about like... Very yeah, like, consumerist. I be, I, yeah, well, I be, well, like I have, you know, now that I have, like, I have like an iPhone and I have this like laptop and I have, you know, an iPad we're now. We're talking about Apple TV. Yeah, we're talking about Apple TV. And sometimes I'm like sitting on my couch and all those things are in front of me. Like I have my iPad and my iPhones next to it and my laptop might even be there. And like I'll literally like go, like keep picking one up after the other. Like as if to say like, which one of you is me? Hmm. like where's all of me like which Hmm. one has most of me on it like it's fucking crazy it's just stuff well just stuff it's the same with the car like but you're wrapped in it the idea of like saying like which car is me
0: but what do you think that means which car is you is it the question or do you you, what are you looking for in that vehicle that you think would answer that question
1: i don't even know i mean i think what i okay i think ultimately what i'm looking for if I really, really were to think about this, yeah, think is about revenge it. on all the rich kids I grew <laughs> up with. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because we never had anything when i grew up yeah yeah nothing you know like my dad like was we were driving around in a uh like a chevy cavalier that was mm-hmm. like our car or like a before that like a pontiac 6000 like these shit american cars Just, same you know same yeah. that's why i got an audi i'm like you know what i've heard so much about this german engineering Oh, <laughs> i know but it's not really the german engineering right it's like i deserve something nice yeah yeah
0: it is but the, the, the German engineering is the thing that's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, you know, but what? It's not
1: just that. It's like, it's like also because it's gonna have well, leather seats. It's my first it's gonna, car. Yeah,
0: it's my first car. Yeah, I've had a driver's license for two years, so it's like I'm gonna get something really nice because you know what? I might not be able to get anything nice in the future. I don't know what the hell the next two. Well, years that's kind holds. of. I mean,
1: that that brings me back to this whole thing. It's like as I'm looking at like, oh my god, how much longer am I gonna be doing what I'm doing for a living? Right. Like, can I get a car? that's expensive like that's crazy because that's what that's what made me go maybe i should just lease it because i know i'll probably be employed for the next three years (laughs) i think i'll probably have a job for the next few years so why don't i just ride that out enjoy that and then i'll drive a yaris but i'll be fine (laughs) the argument is if you buy a car that you can probably
0: pay it off in that three years that you're employed that's what my wife so when you're unemployed if that happens
1: you you still have a car yeah you still have a car
0: to get to job interviews (laughs) (laughs) and to apply
1: for those barista positions. And they'll go, well, this guy's doing very well for himself. Look at him. He doesn't need a job. We should definitely hire him. (laughs) (laughs) That's always it. It's like, that guy doesn't need a job. Let's give him the job. Ugh, that's uh, horrible. Mm -hmm. They want you to, it's like, but I do have like, it's funny, like, it's funny that you have the two, like, I have that weird, like, like, there's still this part of me that's like, avenging my own childhood. You know, like, having grown up, you know, pretty solidly middle class with other siblings and pretty frugal parents who didn't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But being around kids whose parents were wealthy, you know, like doctors and lawyers and, right. and rich an Albany rich anyway. And, you know, were driving to school but and,
0: enough for you to compare yourself to them.
1: Yes, enough, certainly. And and, and this is in the eighties too, which was a very kind of label conscious yeah, period. Yeah. And you know, I was just talking to, to my wife, Lisa, about this, too, like how the kids, you know, like how I had a lot of knockoff, like cool knockoff things. I had like a fake members only jacket. Yeah, I had like my mom wouldn't get me like a polo, like tennis shirts with like the little pony on, but I would get she would buy me like chaps. Like, which was like this oh, yeah sort of like, yeah I remember chaps. Like Ralph Lauren sub brand called yeah. chaps and it had like a long horn as the uh, emblem it's
0: still Ralph Lauren just more more affordable
1: yeah 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 it's,
0: I had a similar thing I didn't wear logos because everyone was it was all about the logo right and that's what you I ended up doing it. is
1: I just I just stopped doing that and I started like making my own shirts and things like that really or I'd buy like yeah I was buying army surplus for a while that was like that was my thing in high school like I was kind of like a bit of uh, a bit of an art fag and i would wear like army jackets art fag, art, i think that's a art, clinical term yeah <laughs> and uh <laughs> i think you're suffering from art faggery sorry <laughs> um i believe it's art faggery oh okay <laughs> and yeah so i would start wearing just like army surplus clothes or my dad's sweater my dad was like a much bigger guy but i'd wear my dad's like old sweaters hmm, and stuff okay and that was my way of getting around all the label conscious stuff because it's like no i'm just wearing this this one weird one-of-a-kind thing that my dad had i'm the only like one who has 75 yeah yeah i'm wearing my dad's dickies like those was like weird tur- just turtlenecks
0: wow so you so you feel like you're you're getting a revenge on that childhood
1: yeah because when i you know when i first started to drive a car you know i had to share some junkie it was like a, a like a, a dodge omni or something that I, I, share Beautiful. It with, yeah, I had to share it with my sister, you know. And I'd pull into the parking lot and there'd be a sob on my left and like a Honda Prelude, which to me at that time was like the height of luxury, a Honda Prelude. I don't know why. I thought, when I'm old and rich, I'm going to have a Honda Prelude. <laughs> I remember thinking that when it's I was It's not younger. a bad car. No, it's a really nice car. <laughs> they don't make them anymore. Um, oh, they don't make them like that anymore. No, 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 no. But so, yeah, so there's even a part of me that thought, you know, like as i'm looking at cars now i'm like what is the car that my the 16 year old version of myself would high five me for mm. you know there is a little bit of that like it's kind of crazy
0: well i'll tell you I, I ended up with a car that is nice but sensible the I, A4 A3 the A3 which well, is got like a wagon it's, uh, yeah, it's a hatchback. Yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't look like a wagon. It's a short wagon. It,
1: it is a short wagon, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. thanks. It's, you know, it is. It's like a truncated wagon. But the reason
0: I got the A3 is because it's the only Audi in North America that is a diesel engine. Oh. And it You want has, to drive a diesel engine? Well, because it, it was named one of the green cars yeah, yeah. of the year. Like, the mileage is incredible. I'm sure. And the emissions are amazingly low. Mm-hmm. So, I guess diesel engines have surpassed gas engines in their efficientness mm-hmm. efficacy efficiency yeah, you're right efficiency. <laughs> I just wanted to say efficacy okay. because it always sounds like it's almost a cuss word, but ef- it's a different word. I think you're efficacy <laughs> efficacy <laughs> the efficacy of would be per- mm-hmm. the efficacy of the engine mm-hmm. I could say that, but you can say the engine has is efficient efficientness. I think they're interchangeable I'll look that up later Uh, It's way beside the point But that's why Because I I was like When I thought I'm going to get a car I instantly was like I want a fucking Audi Mm -hmm. Right And then I was like No That's ridiculous Right I should get something That's not going to wreck the world Right You know Or at least a little less Than every other car So I was looking at I was looking at Priuses I was looking at well you had a car I remember one I, time I'm driving a hybrid right now You're driving a hybrid But it wasn't a Prius So it was still it's a, a hybrid, hybrid But it wasn't a fucking Toyota Prius Like everybody else in the world Right so I can find them When, I, when I'm in a parking
1: lot I can actually find my car hmm,
0: I'm the gray Prius Where? Uh oh Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh last time I come to this Harry Chapin Carpenter concert um, I would oh assume that That would be nothing but gray Harry Priuses Harry Chapin Carpenter That's you what my brain you conflated
1: Harry Chapin And the Carpenters Wait a minute Harry Chapin is one guy Isn't he?
0: Isn't there a person named Harry Chapin Carpenter? I don't know. My, my folk name. music references are... Okay, Harry Chapin. I've made the wrong reference. He's the guy that's saying... Uh, um, why do I think there's a Harry Chapin Carpenter? <laughs> I, don't I know. think John Cougar Mellencamp is why. <laughs> like He's got to have three names. Harry Chapin Carpenter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is I was going to get a sensible car. Well, and when I started doing cats more research... in the, cradle and the silver spoon. That's Harry Chapin, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I always <laughs> think of him as Harry Chapin Carpenter for some reason. But when I when I... I was doing the research and I was looking up, like, you know, uh, efficiency of cars and fuel efficiency and not wrecking the earth. Mm -hmm. It ended up being like, wait a minute. This is an Audi that is environmentally sound if I'm going to have a car anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, so the choice has been made. Thanks, internets Mm -hmm. and Consumer (laughs) Reports, once again. And um, I got the car without ever driving it. Oh, wow. I never test drove it because there's an impression to shopping because you're you're always going to be like which one is more me and there's no way to answer that question. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be like mm, do I want it a little shorter I want it a little tighter it could be shorter here and tighter there, you know what I mean like clothes. Yeah. With the 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 age of going to a tailor is dead. It's like we want we, we go to a sh- we go to a you want to be able store. to take it home that day. We want to see it. We we don't even think of uh, okay, how well does it fit me right now in the store. And yeah. that's how that's it, but we don't think,', mm, I can get this taken in, I can get that let out right like that's like a something that is beyond us, obviously clothes that will custom fit you, but um I thought, well, if I test drive it I'm going to want to test drive other cars and then I'm not going to have a car. It's going to take me long to make this decision, so I just made the decision, and it was a great decision it's pretty awesome it's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty great, it's got seat warmers mm-hmm. I know anyway well <laughs> let's get back to the to the central theme is i guess what what is it that you're expecting from yourself to mean that you're an adult
1: that's a good question i i don't know you know what i mean like it's like that's what i'm i feel like i'm sort of navigating right now you know like like at what point will it click like that like what are the sort of fundamental signs of being for an adult i mean i guess one of them to me is caring for something more than you care for yourself Hmm. Like, why why do you think that? I don't know? I don't know. You don't know what that came from? No, but that's just like that's I've decided that 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 is part of being an adult. Like I think part of the like my immaturity is just a kind of basic selfishness, a basic sort of self-absorption, and I think being able to get rid of that is is to me like a, a very kind of verifiable sign of being an adult. Like that's why I'm looking for like responsibilities. Y- Outside yeah, of yeah, yourself Yeah a is outside of yourself And like caring for something Bigger than yourself You know Okay um, Whether it's another person Whether it's like s- Several more people Whether it's The actual world around you mm-hmm. Or it's You know Or or Just your own community Or any- anything You know So um, a marker of uh, Participation In mm-hmm. the
0: world around you That you're That you're Taking part in it in Yeah In some and, and also constructive and, and, way In
1: some way Like a kind of caretaking Of that, of that world mm-hmm. You know Okay i don't know it's just that i've just that's what i've decided just like i decided like is a sedan <laughs> maybe more adult than than a hatchback you okay you like th- i guess that's that's sort of where i am right now i'm like looking for all these kinds of clues to go like when do i have i hit adulthood am i on my way to adulthood i don't really know like did i miss I, it yeah exactly did i just or am I, or is there no such thing as adulthood anymore you're just old you just mm. get old because all the sort of responsibilities that came with being an adult in previous generations are now shared you know it used to be like my dad was you know the the breadwinner in the family and then it's like no everybody works you know you you all have jobs you know your mom's gonna work your dad's gonna work and all yeah. that stuff it's like so that doesn't make you any more of an adult than, than other
0: well one. but the, the 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 fact of the matter is that that paradigm is very bred into us I yeah, mean, it, yeah. it's something that really wasn't invented until the 50s No, anyway, where it's just kind of like the man does this, the woman does that. That's how it goes. And those ideas are so just weaved into how we do everything. And we've, we've – because that started to be the, the beginning of, in my, I guess in my opinion, sort of, well, American advertising. So it's like the, the, the second wave because I guess you would say like um, – have you seen that documentary Century of the Self? It's a documentary I cannot stop talking about. No, no. It's this
1: guy, Edward Bernays. Did you read about this in Popular
0: Science? N- uh, no. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine in Boston. <laughs> I read about it, it in
1: AARP magazine. Yeah, yeah, I read it in ARP. <laughs> Popular <laughs> ARP. Popular <laughs> ARP.
0: ARP Science. Um, Bernays was Freud's nephew. Okay. And he's kind of the father of mo- the father of modern advertising. He he actually coined the phrase public relations. He changed it from propaganda. Uh. And he's, people say that he is basically the person who invented the idea of... Products reveal something about you. Mm -hmm. Because it used to be you just had to get that thing. And then it became, well, if you get this, it means this about you. It means you're this kind of person. So then products became a means of Mm self-expression. And they say that he's the guy who's um, responsible for that. But the 50s, 60s, as is evidenced, I guess, in the show Mad Men, was the second wave of other advertising firms saying, like, no, we have different ideas than that. But it still was tied in Freudian psychology and the fifties. So it's like that, that and like that breadwinner uh, methodology of of very, very uh, defined gender roles, yeah. and that way and advertising were all born together. So it's still, I think, in everything that we do hmm. because we haven't let go of that because the that those are basically the textbooks on advertising were written then. You know and yeah. that that way to appeal to that sense of yourself was written then So it all calls into question your idea of manhood or your idea of womanhood. Yeah, you know and and thus well, being and, an adult.
1: I, and I certainly I think before the 50s men and women still had different roles Yeah, they did but I think it was in the 50s and maybe through advertising itself and the, the sort of strength of advertising that the idea that m- Women's roles were inferior to men's roles right started to emerge. You know what I mean? That, like, you're here and you're the homemaker. You're the homemaker. You just take care of yourself and look pretty. Like, I think that's where that, like, that fucked up idea came from. Yeah. I Um, mean, the
0: gender extremes, which does so much damage to this day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, but, but, and just quickly, back to your, the kind of full circle back to your your sparse uh, living situation. And the idea of adulthood, I, and even the idea of, like, sort of being responsible for something as an adult like the thing that i feel like i'm most responsible for right now is all of my shit your things you know, yeah which is ridiculous you know like i like i've like my stereo or my tv like i look at them every day and i think i got to keep working you know like i i have all this stuff now i got to keep working this is like the thing that <laughs> motivates me i'm like i got to keep working to keep my stereo wor- like to
0: have a place where my stuff can go. Yeah. As the old, I guess, George yeah. Carlin bit. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It,
1: but it's true. It's like to have like a big, like a, a giant box for my stuff, like I got to take care of like, I'm protecting all this stuff. That's mm. all I care about. Like, and that that's, and, and I think that's where I'm sort of like, I'm realizing like that, that value is something that no longer appeals, is, is starting to not appeal to me as much, I guess.
0: That you've put this value on these possessions? Yeah. And you're you're kind and, of and, and questioning about that, that now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 That like, finally, I've been finally, wrapped finally, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But to... you're
0: seeing that you've been wrapped up in things mm-hmm. for so long. So long. And it's literally, and that that's possessions. what I'm the
1: caretaker of is my things, my Netflix account and my stereo. And, and
0: all now you're being like, what about my soul, brother?
1: Well, like, what about other people? Like, what about, mm. you know, like, ha- like a child or like, you know, what about just, yeah, just people I don't know? You know, like, like when I think about like, charitable acts or being more active like you know in in the world around me mm-hmm. you know in, investing in something that i get no, no real pleasure back from like <laughs> no, that's not true a child certainly you would well here's but,
0: here's a question to that do you see yourself taking steps to achieve those things or are you mm-hmm. and if so And when?
1: (laughs) What do you see those steps being? You know, I'm just—I think I'm trying to figure that out now. Mm. And will I ever? I don't know. You know,
0: maybe maybe uh, the the ask the question is the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe the journey towards. I hope it's not the only point. I hope there's more. I hope there's more (laughs) on the other side. (laughs) And yeah, and I'm also like, oh, and then what will I do? I also think about like with my career. I'm like, what's next? Like maybe right. this isn't it forever. Well, maybe. I know
0: you're doing writing on your own, like things. Yeah, instead. I always have been. Yeah, of yeah. course.
1: And I and I hope that I, I continue to. Um, and I feel like that's like the place where I can explore more mature themes. You know. Yeah. Like in that kind of writing, than than on a comedy show where you know, I'm writing boner jokes and diarrhea jokes and. But they're so good. I hope so. They're really People good, like my diarrhea jokes. I love a they're good very, diarrhea. joke. They are important to me. I do like, I do get emotional about them. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'll be like, I can't believe you cut that diarrhea joke. I remember being really, really possessive of this one piece that was just horrifying. You know, it Can you was say so what the piece was. Yeah, it was on. The, it made it on the show, but it got buried. It was originally earlier on in the show, usually where the comedy is, mm-hmm. and then it got buried between like the second guest in the musical act because when that when it aired and it was something that I kind of fought for and, and in turn my boss, the head writer fought for because I was like, it has to be horrifying because it was, it was, it was about uh fear factor coming back on the air. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And how successful it was and sort of like, and the idea was that it was like this show, you know, people seem to care that the show's back on the air, but there are also certain people whose livelihoods depend on the show fear factor. And it was a commercial for a company called Van Doren industries that is North America's largest manufacturer or distributor of ready-to-eat pig anuses. <laughs> and it was this whole commercial, and it was this like, really sweet, like kind of like Pepperidge Farm-style commercial about how thankful they were that Fear Factor's back on the air and how they're going <laughs> to do such a great job getting making sure that the contestants have the freshest pig anuses That's to eat. That's hilarious. Yeah, and, I, and in the original cut for it, the, <laughs> the guy, the president of Andurian Industries, was saying, like, you know, it's been so successful... That now we're in 2012. We're expanding our business to uh, edible. What was it? Let's see if you can remember this. <laughs> Ready to eat raccoon semen and ape vaginas. <laughs> and I had to, and 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 I, in my mind, I was like, it has to be horrifying, right? It has yeah. to be like just way out there cause fear because fear are so gross. But it also the the.
0: Uh... I do you top pig anuses the too. opposite of like the sweetness of what they're talking about yeah the yeah, wh- yeah. The
1: horrificness of i wanted what? i wanted all that yeah. dissonance you yeah. know yeah. And that's what i meant dissonance yeah was yeah was and 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 in my mind i'm like you need it and like it, it should rattle you in a way like that's funny to me and the guy there's a guy with a suit and a smile standing in front of a, a barn saying it yeah it's like a sweet guy sitting in his desk and he's talking about his family business and right, stuff right okay and uh you know and they made me take out i had to change semen and vagina to like Something more tame than that, right? But it was still horrifying. And then they and and Conan didn't want to do it, and he was right. You know, in, in retrospect, he was right because <laughs> when they when they showed it, this is every every part of it that was supposed to get a laugh got this instead. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> like just, <laughs> just that groans reaction. and disgust. Yeah, just horrified, horrified. Uh-oh. It was like a bomb.
0: Why? Why were you so protective off? of it?
1: Because I thought it was a funny and challenging idea and in mm. and a really int- in my mind in my kind of crazy like too uh protective mind i thought it was like oh that's a an interesting angle on fear factor right. no one else will do that right you know, i was right. like that's like I, I i remember being like really principled about it in this weird way like you know that's what our show can do that no one else will do, like right. that will have that angle on it, and like you won't see that angle on Letterman or Leno. like because sometimes I get bummed out if there's stuff that we do on the show. I'm like, ah, I could have seen that on Kimmel or right, like, right. Like, there's no reason for us to be doing that. So that was in my mind. I was like, this is the way forward. But I'm just a writer. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not in charge. Well, of you anything. But you
0: held to it. You held to it. I, I did your job. It's you. you it come is, up with an idea. You yeah. like, I believe in this, and then you find out yeah, if yeah. you're wrong, and you found out you're wrong, right?
1: And there are other things that I've been, like, I I thought were going to go horribly and turned out to be. Like, the human centipede menorah. That... that that it's i thought such was such a hilarious to, bit i um, thank you but i thought it was going to that was yours yeah 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 i oh, thought people were going to kill God. i, but, I they love really had that so many letters over that like but people loved it people it's really loved it. So, <laughs> it was so absurd so, yeah, and
0: so, just the fun that that he has with the guys and their fucking the faces are so close to the asses and so close so,
1: ama- so And those amazing. guys were so nice those actors like i you know I, I had to spend time with them they were such good sports i kept thinking when we brought it back like on day 2 and day 3 of Hanukkah... Yeah that people will be tired of it well that or no that the like we lose actors i'm like there's no way these guys are going to make it for three days of doing this like they're they're going to drop out like but they're like they no, all hung in, in there, there. yeah awesome. they kind of banded together like it was like a little bit of band of band of brothers
0: They <laughs> <laughs> started a human centipede
1: yeah. menorah band of brothers mm-hmm, todd levin
0: mm-hmm. well you know um a good talk and any final thoughts you want to say
1: i think i'm probably gonna lease <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I'm going to lease a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> 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 Maybe a yellow Lambo, something like that. <laughs> what if that's all I got out of this? So I think I'll probably lease.
0: What if you what if you just change your life to everything that Young Jeezy has?
1: Oh god. Just Lambos and just become the just embrace being like the biggest shit ever. <laughs> Like LA's biggest shit. <laughs> like it would be really hard to outdo. That's the human. In- that's the new human interest piece on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Todd Levin, LA's biggest shit. Like, yeah. Just uh, uh, Paul Tompkins posted a uh, a vanity plate that he saw today in LA. That was just oh yeah. That was a vanity plate. It that's was on a awful. Prius. Yeah. It was on a Prius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Like I just want to be that guy. Mm. Well,
0: I think you can become that guy if you really want to, Todd. <laughs> All right. Good talking, man. Yes, 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 that was Mr. Todd Levin A deep and funny man And I really, really enjoyed that conversation And um, hopefully we'll get him back for many more Um, Point of order Exhibit's name is Alvin Joyner So in the movie Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans He was billed as Alvin Exhibit Joyner And uh, if you haven't seen that movie You should see that movie, by the way it is confusing, and at first, I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then I saw that it was directed by the Herzog, and everything made sense. And I was like, "Oh, Herzog directed this, yeah, yeah, black guys referencing Herzog." Anyway, um, that was a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it, and um, we'll we'll see you soon. Up up next, we have uh, Ms. Elizabeth Johnson, and then uh, we have uh, Ms. Eliza Skinner and then um, uh, another first deep shitter uh, DC Pearson it's going to be a couple good ones coming up and um, I'm getting back to the regulars as soon as I can and and, uh, I got maybe a road episode coming up with a good friend and uh, we'll see if all that stuff happens so thanks for listening again um, leave comments on the iTunes page um, you know uh, tweet me ask questions if you have questions that that came up while you were listening to the podcast that you want some clarification on tweet them at me you know what i'm saying or, um and if you have things you want me to ask people in the future tweet them at me just just give me some motherfucking ideas and and give me ideas for uh, for topics you know uh, generally i let the guests pick their topics uh but then when they come back you know it's kind of a free-for-all you know so you know give me some input motherfuckers that's what it's about right Internet 3.0. See you next time.